We've got a percussionist and a poet in the coffee shop this week, all in the person of Heidi Schuler. The coffee shop is World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason in Portland, and I'm OMN's Tom D'Antoni, well into our second year of coffee shop conversations. I met Heidi at the very first Misty Crew of Nimbus Mardi Gras Ball. She was the percussionist in Steve Karen's band. The 2016 ball at the Wonder Ballroom on Saturday, February 6th, is the 6th annual. She's more than just a multi-percussionist, she's also a poet, and I'm going to ask her to read a couple for us. Next week, former Oregonian film critic and nowadays famed author Sean Levy. His exhaustive biography of Robert De Niro was a bestseller last year. Now, let's talk with Heidi. Well, welcome to the cupping room, Heidi. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. That's where we are. Cupping room. Yes. Big windows looking out over uh, Gleason. <laughs> nice yellow house. Very cheery. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, so uh, why don't we start out with um, the uh, Mardi Gras ball. Thank you. Let's which do is that. this week. This week. But if anybody's listening to this subsequently, you've missed it. Oh, oh! so it's coming up, and I hope you went. I hope you went and had a great time. <laughs> you, you've played at all of them? I missed last year. Oh. It was the first time I missed, oh. but I've played all the others. Yeah. Yeah. They're so much fun. They're, the first one, I was just blown away. I didn't yes. expect to have the time of my life. Yeah. None of us did, and we were all swept away. Our, our first-year costumes were all sort of... Are you in the crew? Amateur. I am. I'm a founding member of the Misty Crew of Nimbus. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what caused you to join? Well, Steve and Jane Karen caused me to join because they're the dearest friends, and I had gone to Louisiana with them. Oh, man. Exactly. Wow. We went to a festival in uh, their home college town of Lafayette, and uh -huh. I swear we had to stop. I started timing it how many steps and how many minutes we could go without stopping to hug someone else. <laughs> beloved by all. So anyway, yeah. the, um, I learned a lot about their culture and their music. You know, and, and I love playing music with Steve. He can play anything. Yeah. And so that was really how I was introduced to the music. That first year at the Norse Hall was hilarious. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? We threw that ball together in like two or three months. Yeah. Something yeah. small like that. Yeah. 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 And, and, then, and then it had to end at like 11 o'clock or <laughs> right. something, didn't it? Right. <laughs> and we weren't used to the whole bar thing and how important that would be. And yes. so if you got out of line, you only got one drink that yes. night. <laughs> So, do you have a costume for this year? I have, uh, I have a costume. It, it, all my costumes just sort of suggest a thing. They're not uh -huh. really very dead on, uh -huh. so I'm, I'm working with parts to put something together. So Has we'll it not gelled yet? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, does no. it? <laughs> well, someone gave me a tutu, and someone gave me a wig, and really? what else do I have going on? <laughs> I have some pieces in the Burning Man costume box oh, boy. You know, that will get repurposed. So there, there, are, uh, th there will be lots of things lying on the bed. Yeah. That you've left there by the time you, <laughs> you leave home. Is that After it? a while, it's like gloves, yeah. tights, tutu, something on your head, out the door. Let's not <laughs> overthink this. 
Uh, but uh, there are some beautiful creations where people really do put yeah. in so much time and effort and you know headdresses and sequins and feathers and so it will be a spectacle it is an art form wasn't it about time that somebody named you queen of the Mardi Gras <laughs> oh my gosh do you think <laughs> oh my gosh that would be funny <laughs> queen of anything <laughs> I now, I now name you Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So um, and and you've and you've played percussion at all of them, right? Haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I play congas, and then when I met Steve uh, and learned some of Steve Karen's music, yeah. he wanted that gigantic triangle called T Fair, uh-huh. and he wanted rubboard in the traditional. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Have, you have me for French. It's a okay. sorry thing, All but right. <laughs> the metal uh, rub board, which I swore it's I a would, wash. It's oh. a washboard, right? And these are fashioned by someone yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I learned both of those instruments by attending the Waterfront Blues Festival and parking myself in the swamp for an entire day. <laughs> right near the Oregon Music News booth. Right by your booth, yeah, watching right. everybody who played washboard come yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I uh, took that washboard home and went through everything in my kitchen. <laughs> you know, this spoon, <laughs> that spoon, that, thimbles, knives, <laughs> guitar picks, what you know, everything to get kind of the sound that felt like the one I wanted. Uh-huh. <laughs> in fact... Do you put a little bell on yours, like washboard jazz? Oh, gosh, there's some great creations out there, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, I have two washboards. Uh-huh. One is the steel, you know. Yeah. Patois. The, the one that you wear. The one that you wear over your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. The other uh-huh. is a double-handy wooden yeah. rub board, uh-huh. and it was, is on loan to me from um, Steve and Jane Karen. It was Steve's grandmother's, and wow. she used it to wash clothes. Oh. <laughs> and so it's, it's an heirloom, and it's also aged yeah. because it's been in and out of the soapy water and uh-huh. it's been used. Uh-huh. And so both the wooden part has a clackety part yeah. sound, yeah, 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 yeah. and then the metal has both um, the denim side and the mm-hmm. lingerie side, so yeah. you choose <laughs> which side according to how loud and abrasive of a sound uh-huh. you want. Um, his grandmother's name was Bertheline. And so we named ah, one of the bands yes. that we have as a collective yeah. called Bertheline. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it comes from, that little I board. never, I didn't know that. I, knew that I, know, I know about the band, but I, I didn't. Well, how about that? Yeah, it was originally Bertheline and the Love Brigade. And so it got shortened <laughs> like things do. Um, what is it now? Now it's just Bertheline. Just Bertheline, Bertheline yeah. uh, backs the next yeah. waltz each year. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. Uh, that's where it is at the moment. Wow. So that's how I came into Mardi Gras as an evolution from playing some of that music uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. with Steve and Atomic Gumbo. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget the first time I saw Washboard Chaz in New Orleans. Oh, <laughs> what was that experience? Well, it was great because you know he was on the street. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, he, he has gigs, but yeah. Uh, and 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 I had I just had it's just me, but I I'd never seen the little bit be- the little bell. Oh, isn't that wonderful? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I found out that. Mary Flower played with him in Denver when, 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 when they both lived there. Small world. Really? The small world yeah, connections. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many things you can attach, but I just don't want to change Bertha oh, yeah. Rub Board at yeah, all because yeah. she's authentic as she, yeah. as she is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so when you're not playing, you're just having fun. <laughs> just having at, fun. At the ball, yeah. Right, well, yeah. so between... Um, there's a little bit of rubboard, there's a little bit of that triangle, T-Fair, and then uh, congas. 
um, particularly around uh, funk pieces, comes yeah. in very well. Yeah. That's yeah. been the primary instrument I've played for the longest uh-huh. amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I added these other things on, as required, as you mm-hmm. kind of do as a percussionist. <laughs> so is this a fairly large band? For the for Mardi Gras ball, ball this yeah. year, yeah. we are assembling a large collaboration to do the Alan Toussaint tribute. Yeah. So we've brought in uh, Paul Brainerd and the Portland Horns. Oh, man. They are the horn section that backs the next waltz nice. every year. Yeah, yeah. Which I think we've done for, this was our fifth year. Mm-hmm. So they've been at rehearsal. We've rehearsed down in the basement. They're over by the washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> we have... A long list of singers coming to do one and two songs yeah. each. I heard Quinby was coming. Michael Quinby's coming. Yeah. Karen Lovely's coming. Yeah, yeah. We have um, Louis Longmire. We have That's just great. a wonderful group of people. Taylor John and Christopher Worth. And it's huh. going to be so much fun. That's great. Yeah. And it's so nice that you're doing something on Alan. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And to see his work in a collection, to me, is like getting to go to a museum and see a collection all in one place. So I'm really looking forward to that. When I was handed that set list, I was very excited. Yeah, yeah. I I did two hours of Alan Toussaint on my radio show. Ah, wonderful. Yeah, that was tough. It is tough tough. music to play. Well, I mean, it was tough emotionally. Oh, yes, the curve there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I started buying Minute. Uh, I started buying records on 45s on the Minute label when I was a little, little boy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It wasn't until I was in the South uh-huh. and a friend of mine um, who's encyclopedic with his knowledge of music uh-huh. really kind of clued me into everything Alan Toussaint is oh, and yeah. does and, yeah. and yeah. his entire discography. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's just... It's, it's, it's <laughs> I, it's, I, I'm, you know... He was so important to me, you know, um, musically. Um, uh, I, I, I got to interview him last summer, which was wonderful. While he was here. Fantastic. It was just wonderful. It was yeah. really, really wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got to, uh, there, was, there was a tune of his from an album called Connected. It's the most wonderful lullaby that I've ever heard called oh. Sweet Dreams. Oh. And I told him that, you know, when, when I've had shows over the years, that have ended when the broadcast day ended, but you know the station can go automated, but there's nobody nobody live there playing. That I would always play "Sweet Dreams," uh, and he was he was happy. It was <laughs> my God, I made Alan Tucson happy. Isn't that amazing? Um, because he, he apparently he thought nobody had ever heard of it. Really? Yeah, because the album didn't go too well. The label went out of business. Nino. Right. And. Um, uh, and so that was good. Interesting for an artist to hear the different things that people yeah. like. You think there's one popular one that they all want to hear, but right. it's somewhere deeper down, yeah, yeah. people choose different ones. I had been asking in various bands I've played in, can we please do Soul Sister? Can we please? Sister, Sister, ooh. You know, and it, yeah, has yeah, no, yeah. And it was on this list. So oh, I that's great. Who's going to sing it? excited. Who is doing that? Gosh, there's so many backups. Oh, it okay. passes all over the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Steve, I forgot. Um, I was doing when I first moved here. I, I was doing a radio show on whatever 6:20 a.m. was back then, uh-huh. uh, and um, and I did an hour on the radio with him. He was in New Orleans in his studio, uh-huh. and I was here. And the most amazing thing happened. I've had, you know, I've had, I've had a long career, <laughs> and this had never happened to me ever right? in the thousands of times I've interviewed somebody. I, you know, we, we did our segment 
on talking about Professor Long here. Oh, yeah. And it was time for the break, and I start to go into the break, and all of a sudden, I hear him playing Professor Long here. He was there in the studio at the keyboard, and he just did it. Oh my he just God. did it. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. It was, it was I, I just, you know, it was, it's my, probably my, my most favorite, well, it's in the top three of my most favorite moments in broadcasting. Incredible, mo- yeah, incredible man. moments. And you don't see them coming. No, no, I didn't see that at all. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's lucky if you can get people to pay attention to you, <laughs> especially on the phone, you know. Yeah. I was interviewing Gary Bartz last week, and he was, he was driving from New Jersey to Baltimore, heading toward the blizzard. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's multitasking for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, um, did you drive your parents crazy playing drums? I drove my parents <laughs> crazy playing a clarinet. Really? Oh, that would do it. <laughs> and playing guitar. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. And it's funny, in the family movies, way back when... Uh-huh. Um, Christmas time, my sister would direct a play starring all of her siblings, so mm-hmm. she was in charge. And when I was really little, all they did to include me was get the Kentucky Fried Chicken Barrel and a couple of sticks <laughs> and put you know, a bath towel over my head and make me like a little drummer boy shepherd. <laughs> so that's my <laughs> earliest drumming. <laughs> uh, so uh, drums actually came, you know, later after sort of the traditional way you go through learning instruments as a kid in really? school. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow! Yeah. Who did you drive crazy with? Them? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh, my uh, beloved husband, oh. <laughs> beloved husband at the time, yeah, uh, in San Francisco, who had a, a ten-piece Motown band, uh-huh. and so uh, I had you know sung at different times in my uh-huh. life and I was taking vocal lessons and it wasn't going particularly well at oh. all but I kept hearing conga uh-huh. and I thought you know I'm really I'm really drawn by that that yeah. sound that's yeah. a great sound I yeah. just want to feel what that would be like and uh-huh. so I rented a drum from the local store and the local store was also um, connected with someone taking students at the time uh, Mingo Lewis mm. who is a long time big time player so I connected with Mingo and then uh, my husband's band we tested their love and friendship by including me as I was <laughs> ramping up with the congas and they were so inclusive and supportive so I got a really wonderful early uh-huh. start playing all that Motown repertoire you wow. love now w- was there a famous conga player in the Funk Brothers oh there was yeah and where did, and that name is yeah it's okay yeah, yeah names yeah, yeah. are yeah, <laughs> slipping yeah. out of my head as, as the age But he influenced you. Uh, yes. Yeah. Those, the, the Funk Brothers sound, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's wow. the heart of that, that instrument. Really, the way we, I learned it, though, was in the Afro-Cuban traditional patterns. Really? My teacher was um, of the Santeria religion, and so mm-hmm. as a Santero, he used the drum as part of religious practice. Right. With... Um, invoking the different Orishas. So there was that study around the instrument and the Mm. call and answer aspect Mm -hmm. of it. And so adapting it then to popular music was another matter because most of those traditional rhythms are in 6-8, and we do certainly rarely that. Unless you're in Reinhard Mel's band. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I got to play with Reinhard. He popped down and looked at my hands for a minute. (laughs) Oh, you the shit. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! I'm going to hold on to that. Wow, Mister <laughs> Mister Odd Rhythm himself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that was the start of it, and mm -hmm. uh, it, it's been a good friend yeah. since then. Yeah. And, wow. and I huh. uh, was lucky to fall in with some of the old school big deal folks in San uh -huh. Francisco before I left like there. Uh, Merle Saunders, ah. beloved Merle. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And so you never knew when you were playing with Merle who's coming up. Oh. And anybody at any time, uh -huh. especially for his birthday show, which was Valentine's Day every uh -huh. year at uh -huh. Great American Music Hall. Oh, boy. People just walk up behind you and beside you and take the mic or plug in. <laughs> it's like, wow. Like who? Uh, the most exciting one for me personally because she had a big part of yeah. my listening experience was Bonnie Raitt. Oh. That's what I said. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. That took me weeks to come down from it. It just took I, me I weeks. I don't think you have. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. And so, yeah, there was just crossover from the history of San Francisco music, which I wasn't aware of at the time. I wasn't a dead fan growing up, uh -huh. um, certainly. And I wasn't aware of San Francisco in the place of music in the country or the venues. And so I remember leaving um, Marl's house after Haight Street Fair. And on the way out, he said, so you got that date down, right? You've got that date for the next show. And I said, yeah, 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 I got it. That's going to be great. And we're walking down the steps, and I asked Brian, my husband, where, where am I going? And he said, you don't even know what the Fillmore is, do you? <laughs> <laughs> You've never been there, have you? And he's a native of San Francisco, so this was horrible for him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> so you played the Fillmore? I did. Wow. I did. How about that? That was wonderful. Jeez. Yeah. There's some ghosts in there. Oh, gosh. The posters alone. It's yeah. a museum. Yeah, yeah. It's a museum. Yeah. Wow. Such a place. Huh. Yeah. So did you do any recording while you were there? In San Francisco, I did um, just, a, just a little recording here and there. Uh -huh. I've done more in recent years. I did a little when I was visiting out in Clarksdale, Mississippi, uh -huh. with uh, some friends there. Um, I've done a little here in Portland. Yeah. Um, so it's it happens uh -huh. occasionally. Uh -huh. You know, people will hear that sound and then call me in for a few bits and yeah. pieces. Yeah. There are a few things coming up that sound like they'll be fun. Yeah. You don't very you don't see very 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 many women conga players. <laughs> no, you don't. You just don't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really. I wasn't bringing that up like a oh, what's it like to be a you know? But mm -hmm. it, 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 you just don't see it. You know. Yeah, I suppose there aren't that that many of us. Yeah, uh, and, and it is a it's a fairly physical instrument. I remember back in the day, yeah. we would play <laughs> three one hour sets or forty five minutes three sets. So starting up three times, boy, by the end of the night, <laughs> I would look at my husband and he would call a Santana medley, and I oh. knew he was mad at me. <laughs> I was like, We're doing this now, the end of the night. <laughs> You win, whatever it is, you win. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I didn't know if it would carry me into my um, little old ladyhood, but so far my, my hands are holding up pretty good. That's good. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so glad you, about that. Do you do anything? Just to keep them, just trying to keep them nimble and not hit hard, you know, hit precisely. Uh -huh. And, uh -huh. and uh, a very good friend provided uh, a couple of very lovely mics that just kind of curve down over the top of my oh, drum heads yeah. now so I can oh, yeah. play and hear myself so that yeah. I don't yeah. hurt myself. And I 
play yeah. better. Yeah. So. Well, we do have a pretty famous conga player here in Bobby, Bobby Torres. I took a class with Did Bobby. Did you? Oh, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. very, he's wonderful. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> we put him on, a, uh, on our, the cover of our jazz festival issue last year uh. because he wasn't chosen as the jazz master, and I thought it, they made a mistake. <laughs> There's a mistake there. Oh, he can do anything. Yeah. He can do anything. Yeah, yeah. He called me up a, few, uh, a couple months ago and said, I'm bringing Claudia Lanier up here. And I went, holy shit, Claudia Lanier? You know Claudia Lanier. You know, one of the great backup singers of all time, the one that, 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 that Mick Jagger wrote Hot uh, Brown Sugar about, and oh, Bowie no. wrote a tune about her, and I mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I went, oh, man. So I got, I got to talk to Claudia Lanier. Fantastic. And even better, I got a hug when she, when she came here. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. They're, those hugs are worth something. You they know? are worth they something. Really are, they really and are. And it's, it's so... Like when Betty Levette, because uh, I had interviewed Betty Levette on the phone two, three times. Yeah. But I'd never met her in person until she came to the Blues Festival. And yeah. I, Big hug. See, <laughs> the musicians are the huggingest people yes. in the world. Yeah. It's yeah. just hug, 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 hug. Yeah. It's just yeah. what happens. Yeah. There's no handshaking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I talked with Betty Levette. In the first 30 seconds, she called me honey. Honey. And I was a puddle on the floor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Men are suckers. They really are. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> so, um, uh, but what? So you play you play the conga, the 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 rub board, and the the, the two rubbers. What else? Uh, let's uh, the see. Triangle. Congos, bongos, whatever's in the bag there. So it's kind of like yeah. spicing the stew, you know. You hear uh-huh. what it is, and you look in the bag, and your job is to just enhance what's going on yeah. and help, you know, where they're taking the phrase for the vocalist. Yeah. Listen to the, I mean, the bass player is always my anchor point, anchor man, uh-huh. and I watch what his body's doing to kind of see what the feel is. Yeah. And then just however... I can help tell the story with what I got in the bag. Uh-huh. So there's uh-huh. there's bells, there's shakers, there's tambourine, there's wood block, there's the yeah. beloved and highly valued cowbell, which has <laughs> so little respect. And everyone yells more cowbell, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can play some fabulous patterns on a cowbell. Just there's like two or three that that are wonderful. <laughs> And whenever I reach for it, I want to do this. No, just hold off. Hold off a minute. <laughs> that's funny. So that's pretty much yeah. the uh, the arsenal. I'm not. A, I don't play um, cymbals at all. Uh, I don't play with sticks very often. Uh-huh. Um, and there are some other of uh, the traditional uh, maracas and those kind of things that uh-huh. I don't get to play very much. Huiro, um, yeah. those things are, are there if there's a spot for them. What about the traditional drum set? You know, I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those, uh-huh. correction. And um, I've spent some time with it, and I have so much admiration for the people who, who oh. do that. Uh-huh. Uh, but... Because it's two hands and two feet. It's two hands and two feet. And I can play with a foot on one or two different, you know, a tambourine Uh or a thing. Um, It's sitting, which is hard (laughs) for me. Ah. But there's so much responsibility in that role. Oh, that's true. Oh, that is really true. It it, it is a highly responsible position. And I've played, you know, without a trap drummer, just Uh me kind of replicating a trap sometimes. Uh Uh And boy, 
that's a no whiskey night when you're doing that. You have got to be on your game. You're not just spicing it up and enhancing yeah. and bringing yeah. it around. You're you're driving the ship, and so. Wow. Yeah, it's I treasure really wonderful drummers and admire uh-huh. that skill. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. I took some lessons recently in Mississippi. Dixie Street is a friend there, and she plays trap. And she's now getting a great tour going on in the blues world. But she and I traded. I would teach her congas, uh-huh. and she would teach me trap. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. we both got a, a taste of that with plenty of wine uh-huh. to see us through the hard parts. That always helps. Well, she would say that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want you to try this. Wait, take a drink. Take a minute. Okay, now let's do it again. Okay, before we go to the next thing, take a drink. That's the, the most gentle instruction That's I've ever funny. had. <laughs> what about Cajon? You know, it's a, it's a funny position, this, this part. Because you sit on it. Because, you, yeah, you sit on it, and then it drops... Um, your spine in a spot that's it's kind of a hard reach for huh. me and again oh, it's uh-huh. sitting I'm really a yeah, standing yeah. up yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it is amazing what can be done you know between brushes and your hands and where you are on that it's a fabulous thing if uh-huh. you can carry only one instrument that thing will just yeah. really well I think I think most people who see you would like to see you uh, standing <laughs> because you're always in motion I can't, yeah, standing yeah. still is a challenge. Yeah. It's, re- it's really interesting and it's entertaining. <laughs> we love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, it helps so much. Yeah. And I can see better and yeah. it's yeah. just, it's a much more natural way for me to play anything. <laughs> oh, man. But there's this other side that you got going here, your poet side. Oh, yeah. It's terribly schizophrenic. It's wonderful. Well. <laughs> I used to live with a poet. I know all about it. Oh, do you know it. I know all poets? about it, yes. Oh, it's just so freaky. Yes, yes. Yeah. The problem is, you know. It's an affliction, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I, I've, had a, I've had a poet girlfriend, and I had a, 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 a counselor girlfriend. Wow. And I don't know which is worse. Right. Because whatever you say is going to come back to you some way. <laughs> or another. Either, either in <laughs> parsing every syllable or... Even worse, in a poem. In a poem. I feel so guilty sometimes hearing things because I look and I think, I'm just going to have to use that. I'm sorry. I cannot let that go. That's just too good. That's better than you could imagine. That's more than and, you and could the, And the thing is, if, if, you're, if you're real, if you're really real about it, and you're writing about someone you're involved with, you can't just take the good side. <laughs> you know. this poet wrote wrote about wrote one about me one time Mm. and it was just oh my god this was great this is so good this is so great oh my god I feel so good Good and at the end she goes and then half the time your ass is missing (laughs) (laughs) deadly honest it's hard to write something that isn't honest (laughs) so who would you compare yourself to if you could Uh, in terms of poets yeah oh gosh um I can say sorry go ahead go ahead uh I write a couple different ways. I used to uh-huh. write in just the tiniest little columns, just like three-word, very really? tiny lines, and I couldn't get hardly anything out at all. And oh. I still do that uh-huh. somewhat. Why? Uh, I don't know why that is, because <laughs> it doesn't develop a rhythm. It doesn't develop much. But 
there's, it's just highly compact and concentrated, and I, yeah. I like that sometimes yeah. in the, kind of an ADD way. You can glimpse a thing and get to the top <laughs> and go back to the bottom and around in circles in a short amount of time and uh -huh. get... A, a that sounds like a poet talking. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But then I started breaking out. Um, while I was in school, I was reading Fairchild and Dobbins, and mm -hmm. that long, long narrative line and the storytelling really captured me and took me in a whole different direction. So I... Um, I really enjoy both. Uh, my teachers there, who I admire so much, mm -hmm. um, and, and try and emulate um, Ellen Bass and uh, Dorian Locks, of mm -hmm. course, Kwame Dawes, who's a major force in poetry in the world mm -hmm. right now. Um, it was a, a wonderful program and opportunity to be one-on-one -on -one with these poets yeah. reading your work. and. Yeah. Asking you what the hell, <laughs> or telling you I love this. You yeah, know, it's it's both. Yeah, yeah. They're very encouraging and right. and loving and <laughs> and also uh, instructive, mm -hmm. which is what you want. So. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what poetry is actually. <laughs> and it's probably good. Good thing that I don't because yeah. I don't think anybody does. No, it's very no. it's what we call ineffable. Yeah. Right, that's what we're doing yeah. with it. We're trying yeah. to capture yeah. the ineffable with poetry, as yep. you are in music too. And but we know what music is. <laughs> but we know what music is. Yes. And you can be very <laughs> passive and get music. Right. And, and poetry requires you bring a little to it. Yes. And hopefully it's rhythmic, you know, when you hear it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that rhythm and that beat and there's a, a soul driving it. Uh -huh. And generally um, I think there's love and beauty as a motivating factor. Uh -huh. And there's always, you know, hurt and it's like the blues, it's yes. hard to write things that are going to make people cry, and you have to right. think, well, this is yeah. like a shot, you know, if you're a nurse, it's oh, going to yeah. hurt, but yep. it's going to be good for you. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's very real. I forget when I came yeah. out with this first little book that it's very real, and um, when I, I finished it, my mother looked at it, and she gave me a list of people to be sure not to send it to. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. And don't send it to Uncle. And don't send it to Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. This is a different realm where we're writing from. Where <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, the thing about writing yeah. is it's so utterly solitary. That it is. You know, even if you're, even if you're a journalist and you're writing for a large audience, right. it's still just you. Right. You know? Well, and the other thing it does is it makes you solitary, often in crowds and groups and yeah. parties and among friends and family who are talking to you because you're, s I find, anyway, I'm so self-distracting. They'll say something and yeah. it'll connect to something else and my mind has swept it away and I'm oh gone. <laughs> and then I have to come back and say, we left off just about. <laughs> just very sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, 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 I, I, don't, I don't understand it. It's yeah. okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, it, I, don't, I don't have to. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, I love the connections that, yeah. you know, anything is possible, like these tigers yeah. with their yeah. tongues in the coffee drinks up here on the wall. <laughs> anything can go with anything, and then yeah. when you put them together, uh -huh. something completely else happens. Yeah. And so yeah. it's unpredictable. The thing, the thing about writing, though, is that, and I, I had an argument with somebody about this the other day because they disagreed with me. Uh-oh. -uh is that the problem is you never get to hear them laugh or cry. The writer? No, the writer never gets the audience oh. unless, you're, unless you're there reading it aloud. Right. Which is the one thing 
that poets have over journalists <laughs> and novelists. Right, right. You know? Right. That at least poetry, you expect, I mean, I there's not a lot of poetry readings anymore. Right. But, you, you know, there is always the option at some point that, that it'll get read aloud. Yeah. You know? That's very true. But, not my shit. <laughs> right. Audience feedback is part yeah. of what you're doing. Yeah. And so, that's why writing is the loneliest. Just the loneliest. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you're writing music, it's going to be performed. Yay! Or they dance. Yeah. Or you you're know? with your buddy and you're doing that, it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, sitting there and pounding on a keyboard is like, you know, I, I, I am of the, uh, uh, the pleasures in having written school. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful to have written? Yes. It's so it wonderful. It is wonderful to have written. <laughs> it is not fun to write. <laughs> Although... You know, I really, I, you know, I say that, and then sometimes it's not true. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you, you know, band, you know the residents. You're from, you were, you're from San Francisco. You ever hear the residents? That so. band that wears eyeballs on their heads. Oh, okay. I've been into the residents since the '80s. Okay, and they're still around and they're still performing. And there was just a documentary about them, and so I know a lot about the residents. I have like 20 residents LPs, you know, and so I got I, I got to write about the documentary. And it was really fun. I had fun writing, you know. So it's a you know, and, yeah. and I, I'm trying to get back to that because you know most of what I write is the fun part. It's not fun. So, well, one of my poetry instructors said, you know, you might, if you're single, consider being in a relationship or getting married because possibly you will double your audience. <laughs> With any luck, you'll double your audience. That's great. <laughs> so maybe that'll happen. For that's me. really good. That's a great line. That is a great line. <laughs> Marvin Bell. <laughs> a bellism. It's true. It's true. It's true. So you're going to read something? Oh, I can read something if you'd like. Good. You know, it, it's funny how you were sort of saying... Length doesn't matter. It doesn't. That's no. very true. I'll no, I mean, in, the, in, the, in, in this thing, it doesn't matter if it's long or short or whatever, you know? There's one here that's very long. It's five minutes long, and I think that's, that's too long. And there's one I had forgotten about, and my um, beloved bandmate, Jesse, sent me a little text about having read it recently. And so I'll pull that one out of here. What's the name of the book? The book is called Other Heroes, uh -huh. and it's really the, much of my creative thesis for the master's program. Uh -huh. And when I finished the program, um, I printed a thousand copies of it in mm -hmm. my classmates at Pacific as they went home across the country and around the world. The idea was take it with you and leave it places, yeah. like in the airport and the bus station yeah, and yeah. Uh, museums, wherever. And so uh -huh. people put pictures up on the website of wow. this book where they were leaving it. That's great. They really uh, took the idea and ran with it. And so it's, it's been left all over the world. And once in a blue moon, someone will, um, will send me an email from somewhere saying, I found it, and here's what it means to me. So I have in this little book three or four poems that came as a result um, of my visit out at Burning Man. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it kind of drops you right into the deep end of Burning Man. But here goes <laughs> one called, At Burning Man They Say the Playa Provides. His pizza job keeps him home, young man with a son already, with rent due and a gap between food stamps and enough to eat. Flour sifts onto his shoulders as he tosses disks of dough. Flour dusts his face, dusts his shoes, dusts all of him, playa dust. Here there is no peanut butter and jelly camp, 
No serial killers, breakfast camp. No spam and pineapple kebab camp playing Tom Jones hooked on a feeling. He wonders where in the default world there is a heart camp with blankets and pillows for when you are too high or too low, lost or epiphanized, a humanoid saying, that's why I'm here. With all that he has in his hands, he lofts pizza dough overhead for hours, soft moons landing on the back of his wrists, magic falling down. What's up, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> there we go. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. I had the pleasure of the first... Oh, I thought you were going to read more. Oh, would you like another one? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> There's that one. It's a local one. I have never read this one. Oh, good. And so we will. In fact, we're in the neighborhood. Um, it is uh, for Elizabeth Linder, who I had the pleasure of meeting once, and this poem is after a form by uh, poet Kate Daniels, and it refers to Elizabeth's... Um, sun and so it's called old rage now that her son is dead I wonder if the mere sight of the Chapman Swifts demoralize her their annual triumphant return flight from Central America recalling his heroic final years the clowning and unicycle pedals his toes pushed the children following to the vaccinating medic the explosion and shots and point-blank range. I sit on the bench where his name is engraved, not noticed by dog walkers and busy moms hurrying through an evening in northwest Portland, and I am crying for another mother. My throat tightens around that which is both tender and terror, the memory of a young boy wanting to change the world when it still seemed possible he might fix things to bring light and water to Nicaraguans. I pull a handkerchief from my purse and calm myself amid the laughter of the park. As if I were the mother of a child who was assassinated, I sit there a while and calm myself, the way his mother, perhaps, might need to sit on his bench and watch these birds when the urge grows to swallow the rage that attempts to take her hostage where she can't do anything. And there they are, these birds, between Ben and those of us left. Hmm. You never read that before? I've never read it in a reading. I've never uh, read it aloud. What do you I, think? It's kind of a sad, sad story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know that. The Ben Linder story. Did you learn anything from reading it out loud? Uh, I, I guess I did. That uh, it's, it's kind of um, a form. You borrow the form from another poet, and then you write your own story into that form, and that uh -huh. always teaches you something. Uh-huh because you break out of the way you would do it. And yeah. she's got really nice rhythm, Kate Daniels. <laughs> Thank you, Well, Kate. you ought to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you bring any of, the, of the, the rhythms that you play into your writing? I think you, I want it to add up, you know, in the way that you want a rhythm to, to add up when you're performing. And so uh -huh. you want to, I, I feel like I want to have a tempo and I want to have a meter kind of, kind of going on. So, uh, yeah, that's, that feels like part of it. And when I'm writing, 
I'll have to take a word out that's too many syllables, even if it might be better than the one that's two oh, rather than three, because that hurts. the pattern feels better. Yeah, if you've yeah. got, you know, I don't ever write an iambic pentameter, although I saw a play recently last summer in oh, Asheville, wow. Ashland, huh. where someone did that. It was fantastic. Gee. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's but, discipline. Oh, my gosh. That and is imagination. Yeah. 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 Do you know that Damon Runyon wrote only in the, in the present tense? Really? Isn't that amazing? Try that All sometime. <laughs> Try writing something in the present, present tense. tense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, he would That's write novels, challenge. short stories, only in the present tense. Yes. It's, blow- it's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a craft talk once uh, by someone doing the presentation entirely in second person. Oh. <laughs> I said, Try doing this. Jeez, that's, that's difficult. <laughs> <It was> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, writers are crazy people. They are. <laughs> <laughs> really. Believe me, I know. Yeah. Because I'm crazy. It's, it's cool, though, that you can yeah. draw on that and find a place for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And it speaks for the people who are also crazy but but want someone else to say it for them. <laughs> I think when you know that would resonate overused, but when you hear that from people, it's, uh-huh. uh, you weren't trying to go there. You were just trying to represent what's in your head as best you can. Right. And right. Uh, yeah. Like you said, there's no audience feedback in the moment. You right. can't read their eyebrows or their head. I know. Nodding, so you yeah. just, yeah. you know, unless you workshop it, which is deadly. <laughs> oh, that's like group therapy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is hard work. <laughs> it's like, and, and can be heartless. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. That's how please, please don't step on my most personal feelings. <laughs> <laughs> when I was studying poetry in the, um, at Pacific, that was part of the workshop. The writer was not allowed to speak. The writer is not allowed to defend anything, but only listen to um, the feedback Ouch. offered by fellow students. Oh, jeez. Which is just the hot seat but it's a great spot because what they're going through the effort of telling you even though it hurts them too and as yeah. hard as you know they're getting it or they're not yeah. and so you can but they might be wrong they might be wrong they might be they not. might be wrong that's, <laughs> that's the true. thing you know they could be like totally off base <laughs> exactly and then you know they've like cut you right just like cut your throat <laughs> and they just could be wrong they could be wrong right <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and people write is so much differently, you know, between that spectrum of completely accessible and completely esoteric, and somewhere yeah, in the middle, yeah. and you know, it's all flavors and yeah. like musical preferences. We all and they bring their different. own psychoses to it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I showed a documentary of mine to a group of other filmmakers, right? Right. It was horrible. What a horrible experience. <laughs> Were they hard on you? They, they, they each brought their own prejudices. Oh, right, right. You know? Right. You know, and, 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 you, and you know, the other thing is, they might be jealous. There's that. You know? Right. Maybe it's really good and they can't write that good. And they, 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 they don't want you to, they, you know. Or there are the rules that you're not supposed to break, but you broke them. Right. But it worked, but you broke them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it worked. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't, we, we shouldn't show anybody these things. I know. <laughs> well, I haven't sent anything much out um, for publication. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did right away, and it, and it did well. And since then, I, I kind of am um, not uh, doing it for that reason right now. Mm-hmm. Are um, you still writing? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, writing poetry. I've been working on plays. I took 
an extra semester at school. I couldn't uh-huh. cut myself off and leave on time. I had to stay yeah. one extra semester, and yeah. I did playwriting then. Uh-huh. And so I've uh, written a couple, and a third one is in the works. Huh. But uh, it's fun to have musically talented friends to bring in on those projects. Yeah. It's like yeah, cheating, yeah. really. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, well, listen, thank you very much. This has really been cool. Tom, thank you for all you do to look after musicians <laughs> and support creative arts and, and bring us out into the world. It's, it's wonderful that you do what you do. It was so nice meeting you because uh, yeah. we, never, we never talked before. And we're going to see each other at Mardi Gras. At Mardi Gras! And you're going to have the opening set. Happy Mardi That's going to be so cool. Tom, I'm spinning. Aren't you spinning there? No, I'm oh. spinning at Joe Bar on Mardi Gras. Oh, on Mardi Gras. Yeah. Okay, then you've got to get your tutu on and run to the ball. Yeah. No, no. Mardi Gras. Fa- I'm Mardi spinning on Fat Tuesday. Oh, on Tuesday. the day of. Thank on Fat you. Fat Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd Fantastic. Be I love Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah. Give me a po' boy and, and for lunch. It's just the happiest you know. thing. <laughs> <laughs> have you been up to Bywater Grocery? I have not. Oh, my God. You got to go. I need to go. Yeah, good, real, good po' boys. All right, then. Good po' boys. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Tom. Okay.